Chapter Twelve of the Witches of New York by Q. K. Philander Dostix. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve, wherein are inscribed all the particulars of a visit to the Gypsy Girl of Number Two Zero Seven Third Avenue, with an allusion to gin and other luxuries dear to the heart of that beautiful rover. Chapter Twelve, the Gypsy Girl. There is much less affection of high-flown and lofty-sounding names among the ladies of the black art mysteries than might very naturally be expected. Most of them are content with plain Madam Smith or an adorned Mrs. Jones, and the gypsy girl is almost the only exception to this rule that is to be encountered among all the fortune-tellers of the city. This arises from no poverty of invention on their part but from a sound conviction that in this case simplicity is an element of sound policy there has been no lack of mysteriously gifted prophetesses and of astonishing star readers there have been i believe within the last few years a daughter of saturn and a sorceress of the silver girdle and once the queen of the seven mysteries condescended to sojourn in gotham for five weeks but on the whole it has been found that a more modest title pays better to be sure the daughter of saturn was tried for conspiring with two other persons to swindle an old and wealthy gentleman out of seventeen hundred dollars and the queen of the seven mysteries was dispossessed by a constable for non-payment of rent and these untoward circumstances may have acted as a modest quencher on the then growing disposition to indulge in fantastic and romantic appellations at this present time the gypsy girl enjoys almost a monopoly of this sort of thing and she is by no means constant to one name but sometimes announces herself as the gypsy woman the gypsy palmist and the gypsy wonder as her whim changes this woman has not been in new york years enough to become complicated in as many rascalities as some of her elder sisters in the mystic arts but her surroundings are of a nature to indicate that she has not been backward in her american education on these points she has not been remarkably successful in making money as a witch not having been educated among the strumpets and gamblers of the city she lacked that extensive acquaintance on going into business that had secured for her rivals in trade such immediate success her fondness for gin has also proved a serious bar to her rapid advancement and has given not a few of her customers the idea that she is not so eminently trustworthy as one having the control of the destinies of others should be in fact she loves her enemy the bottle to that extent that she has many times permitted her devotion to it to interfere seriously with her business leading her to disappoint customers the quality of her sober predictions is about the same as that of others in the same profession but her intoxicated foretellings are deserving of a chapter to themselves and they shall have it for from force of peculiar circumstances which will be explained hereafter the cash customer made three visits to this celebrated woman her first address was 207 Third Avenue, between 18th and 19th Streets. The Gypsy Girl, how romantically suggestive was this feminine phrase to the fancy of an enthusiastic reporter? Was it then indeed permitted that he should know Meg Merrilies in private life? His heart danced at the poetic possibility, and his heels would have extemporized a vigorous hornpipe, but that his saltatory ardor was quenched by the depressing sturdiness of cowhide boots 
with the most pleasing anticipations he perused the subjoined advertisement again and again and looked to the happy future with a joyful hope a wonder the gypsy girl if you wish to know all the secrets of your past and future life the knowledge of which may save you years of sorrow and care don't fail to consult the above-named palmist charge fifty cents the gypsy has also on hand a secret which will enable any lady or gentleman to win or obtain the affections of the opposite sex charge extra number two o seven third avenue between eighteenth and nineteenth streets how the knowledge of all the secrets of his past life was to save him years of sorrow and care at this late day he could not exactly comprehend and was willing to pay fifty cents for the information and then wasn't it worth half a dollar to see a live gypsy of course it was kettles campfires white tents under green trees indigenous brown babies and exotic white ones with a panorama of empty cradles and mourning mothers in the distance moonlight nights midnight foraging excursions expeditions against impertinent gamekeepers demonstrations against hen-roosts successful by masterly generalship and pure strategic science and the midnight forest cookery of contraband game surreptitious pigs and clandestine chickens were among the romantic ideas of a delightful vagabond gypsy life that at once suggested themselves to the mind of the cash customer he did not really expect to find the third avenue gypsy camped out under a bed-quilt tent in the lee of the house or cooking her dinner in an iron pot over an outdoor fire in the back yard but he had a vague undefined hope that there would be some visible indications of gypsy life if it was nothing more than the pawn tickets for stolen spoons he thought to find at least one or two beautiful babies knocking about decorated with coral necklaces and golden clasps suggestive of rich parents and better days and had firmly resolved to send the little innocents to their almshouse by way of improving their condition full of these romantic notions the reporter started on his philanthropic mission taking the preliminary precaution of leaving at home his watch and pocket-book and carrying with him only small change enough to pay the advertised charges in one of those three-story brick houses so abounding in this city which seemed to have been built by the mile and cut off in slices to suit purchasers in the third avenue above eighteenth street dwelt at that time the gay bohemian the building in which she lived though three stories in height is very short between joints which style of architecture makes all the rooms low and squat as if somebody had shut the house into itself like a telescope and had never pulled it out again out of the chimney which was the little end of the telescope issued a sickly smoke and through a door in the lower story which was the big end thereof was the stranger admitted by a little girl this girl was probably a pure article of gypsy herself originally but had been so much adulterated by partial civilization that she combed her hair daily and submitted to shoes and stockings without a murmur ragged indeed was this reclaimed wanderer saucy and dirty-faced was this sprouting young maiden but she was sharp-witted and scented money as quickly as if she had been the oldest hag of her tribe so she asked her customer to walk upstairs which he did she herself went up the stairs with a skip and a whirl showed her visitor into the grand reception-room with a gyrating flourish and disappeared in a courtesy of so many complex and dizzy rotations that she seemed to the eyes of the bewildered traveller to evaporate in a red flannel mist as soon as she had spun herself out of sight he recovered his presence of mind and looked about him 
the romantic gypsy who sojourned here had tried to furnish her rooms like civilized people doubtless out of respect to her many patrons a threadbare carpet was underfoot a little parlor stove with a little fire in it was standing on a little piece of zinc and did its little utmost to heat the room an uncomfortable-looking sofa covered with shabby and faded red damask graced one side of the apartment and a lounge of curtailed dimensions partially covered with shreds of turkey-red calico adorned another side this latter article of furniture with its tattered cover through which suspicious bits of curled hair peeped out and wide crevices in its rickety frame were plainly visible looked much too suggestive of cockroaches and other insect delicacies of the season to be an inviting place of repose three chairs were dispersed throughout the room on one of which the reporter bestowed himself and the rest of the furniture consisted of a table so exceedingly shaky and sensitive in the joints that it might have been the grim skeleton of some former table loosely hung together with unseen wires and a cheap-looking glass that had suffered so serious a comminuted fracture as to be past all surgery this was all except some little plaster images of saints strangers to the cash customer and a black rosary which article would seem to show that efforts had been put forth to christianize this nut-brown gypsy maid a clinking of glasses was heard in the adjoining apartment then the door was opened with an independent flirt and the gay bohemian appeared on the scene if it were desired to fancy visions of enchanting loveliness it would be necessary to insert therein other ingredients than the gypsy girl of the third avenue alone she would be insufficient too much would be left to the imagination and in any event the illusion would be too great to last long she is of medium height her eyes are brown and bright and her hands are very large and red she has no hair but wears a scratch red wig which gives her head a utilitarian character her face is deeply pitted with the smallpox more than pitted gullied scarred and seamed as though some jealous rival had been trying to plough her complexion under little short light hairs are thinly scattered on her cheekbones and upper lip and in the shadows of the little ridges that disease had left irresistibly compelling the mind to make an absurd comparison of her face with a sterile field and imagine that at some past day it had been spaded up to plant a beard which had only grown in scanty patches here and there her nails were horny and ill-shaped and underneath them and at their roots were large deposits of dirt and other fertilizing compounds under the stimulating influence of which they had grown lank and long her attire was a sort of cross between the picturesque wildness of the gypsy and the more civilized and unbecoming dress of third avenue christians she was apparelled principally in a red flannel jacket and a check handkerchief which was passed under her chin and tied on the top of her wig where the knot looked like a blue butterfly there was a gown but a series of subsoiling experiments would have been necessary to determine the material and texture the surface was palpably dirt accompanying her there was a strong smell of gin and from the odor of the liquor the visitor judged that it was a very poor article this gay old gypsy drew a chair to the table and sat down not in a graceful and composed manner but more as if she had been dumped from a cart she soon partially recovered herself and straightened up slightly from the heap into which she had collapsed and turning her head away from her customer she elaborately remarked fifty cents and your left hand 
the individual made a careful search for his small change and fished out the exact amount which he promptly paid over this delightful gypsy then took his left hand and looked at it for a minute in an imbecile kind of way as if she didn't know exactly what to do with it and was undecided whether it was to be made into soup or she was to drink it immediately with warm water and a little sugar this last impression evidently prevailed for she tried to pour it into her apron and only recovered from her delusion when the fingers tangled themselves up in the strings then a glimmering of the true state of the case seemed to dawn upon her and she began to have a dim idea that she was expected to say something now the roving gypsy was not by any means intoxicated at this time that is to say she may have been partaking of gin or gin and water or may have been sucking sugar that had gin on it or she may have been taking a little gin and peppermint for a stomach ache or she may have been bathing her head in gin or have been otherwise making use of that potent remedy as a medicine but she was by no means a subject for official interference in case she had wandered into the street but she was to tell the truth not in her most clear-headed condition although probably she did not see more than one cash customer sitting solemnly before her still that one was quite as many as she could well manage at that time after the signal failure of her little demonstration on the hand of her guest she by a strong effort seemed to concentrate her faculties and after several trials she roused herself and spoke as follows emphasizing the short words with spiteful vindictiveness and paying the most particular attention to the improper aspiration of the h's you are a person as has seen a great deal of diff the gay bohemian here evidently desired to say difficulty but the word was a sad stumbling-block a four-syllable rock ahead which was too much for her powers in her then exhausted state of mind she charged on the unfortunate word boldly however and tried to carry it by storm but each time was repulsed with great loss of breath a great deal of diff 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 diffle it was no use so she tried back and began again you are a man as has seen a great deal of difficulty was what she said but it didn't seem to satisfy her so she tried again and after a number of trials she hit a happy medium between diff and difficulty and compromised on difficulty which useful addition to the language she took occasion to repeat as often as possible with an air of decided triumph you are a man as has seen a great deal of difficulty and trouble i would not go to say as you have been through too much difficulty and trouble still you have seen difficulty and trouble if you had been a luckier man in your past life you would not have seen so much difficulty and trouble still you have seen difficulty and trouble i hope you will not see so much difficulty and trouble in the future life you will live long you will live to be sixty-nine years of age and will die of a lingering disease you will be sick for a long time and will not suffer much difficulty and trouble sixty-nine years of age you will live to be death don't think of death that is too far half of you to think of but you will die when you are sixty-nine years of age and you may hope to go right up to evan for you will have no more difficulty and trouble then money you will have money and you will have plenty of money but you must not look for money until you have reached your middle age a distant english relative of yours will leave you money but you will have difficulty and trouble in getting it do not expect to get this money without difficulty 
no do not cherish such a ope it will be in the ands of a man who won't answer your letters nor take notice of your applications you will have to cross the ocean yourself this money will be a good deal of money and will make you happy for the rest of your days business you will thrive in business you will never be unfortunate in business you will have luck in business you will always do a good business may expect to make money by large speculations in business difficulty and trouble in business you will not know great troubles you need not expect to have many great troubles for you will not you have had your great troubles in your hurly days sickness you will never see no sickness have no fear of sickness for you will not see none sickness do not care for it and make your mind easy friends you have got many friends both here and elsewhere your friends will be happy and you will be happy there will be no difficulty and trouble between you you have had trouble with your friends but you face brighter days be happy wives you will have but one wife in the third month from now you will hear from her you will get a letter from her and in the fourth month you will be married she is not particularly handsome nor she is not specially ugly she has got blue eyes and brown hair is particular fond of ome and is now eighteen years of age happiness you will be the happiest people in all the land you can't imagine the happiness you will have children you will have three children after you are married you will see no more difficulty and trouble you will die in a foreign land across the ocean but you will die happy hope for happiness and have no uneasiness thus prophesied the gay bohemian the nut-brown maid the dark-eyed oracle the wise charmer the female seer the beautiful sibyl the lovely enchantress the romantic gypsy girl of the third avenue romance and poesy were effectually demolished by the overpowering realities of dirt vulgarity cockneyism ignorance scratch wigs bad english and bad gin sadly the individual walked downstairs behind the gyrating girl who reappeared with an agile pirouette twirled down on her toes and opened the door with a dizzy revolution that made her look as if her head and shoulders had got into a whirlpool of petticoats and were past all hope of mortal rescue the little chink as of a bottle and glass came faintly from the apartment which is the home of the gypsy and the individual fancied that the gay bohemian had returned to her devotions End of chapter twelve